Hello, welcome to God's Unknown. I'm Kristen. I'm William. And as I understand it, we have something from a listener that's going to kick off our show tonight. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. So last week on the show, I did the topic of uh, the calls coming from inside the house. Just sort of a classic urban legend. Yeah. Uh, There's a variation on that story that's also super well known, but I didn't talk about it at all. Mm -hmm. And so uh, to sort of fill in the gaps, Allison emailed us... uh, I don't know, like earlier today or just last night, something like that. And I checked it out. So I'm going to read you this story. It's another urban legend. It's super short. It's sweet. Yeah. And it's called The Babysitter and the Clown Statue. Ooh, not loving that. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) A married couple asks a babysitter to look after their kids so they can go out to dinner. They ask the babysitter to stay in the guest room upstairs while they're gone, just in case one of the kids wakes up. Halfway through dinner, the couple calls the babysitter to check in. The sitter says everything is fine, but is it okay if she covers up the clown statue in the guest room with a sheet or a blanket? (laughs) She's always been a little afraid of clowns, and the statue's creeping her out. The couple pauses, then tells her to grab the kids and leave the house immediately. The sitter does as she's told. She brings the kids to a neighbor's house. The kids' parents meet them there, and they look terrified. They apologize to their children for not believing their stories about the clown under their bed and then turn to the babysitter. We don't have a clown statue, they say. That's really good. Yeah. That's excellent. I looked it up. That is considered to be just flat out of like a variant of the babysitter and the call coming from inside the house. Yeah. Like the only connection is the babysitter thing, really, and some sort of creepazoid hanging out. But – I, I love it. Yeah, I that's. Lo- there's another variation where the that's a good spin. Instead of a clown, it's an angel statue, uh-huh. which was then used, I think, for an episode of Doctor Who. That's okay. Beloved. That's cool. Um, was the angel doing good then, or is it scary? Oh, it's scary. Yeah. The no. A n- dark angel. Yeah. None of these figures yeah. mean anything other than you know ill will. Right. Well, the fact that it's an angel, you know. Oh, but it's so much scarier sounds... that it's a warped angel, yes. a dark fallen angel. Yes. I just didn't know if it was a spin that was actually a pleasant spin. Gotcha. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, but once again, thank you so much to Allison. Yeah. Thanks, Allison. That's rad. Uh, and that also made good on our uh, uh, hopes that people would send yeah. us scary stories. Guys, keep it coming. Yeah. Yeah. Any local urban legends, just little scary stories that you've written or you've heard, send them on over. Yeah. Plus, that was it was wonderfully short and sweet. Yeah. Exactly. To the point. Right on the money. Bingo. There Bam. Out of the way. Done. All right, Stinker. All right. You go first. I'm going first? Yep. All right. Uh, so uh, this is a little bit weird. Okay. Um, but <laughs> What? I don't like weird things on our show. <laughs> but it turns out that a, a rather sizable uh, portion of our listeners, viewers, wh- whoever you are out there, are from Texas. I know. I know. Specifically Texas. Texas is like maybe it's because it's such a big state. It's maybe. Yeah. It's where we get almost all of our mm-hmm. listens. It accounts for like like more than a third of, of our listens. Yeah. Something like that. Right. Uh, which is wild. So this one is sort of a shout out uh to everybody that's living in the the, the big state. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. I think it's the big state. It's the big state. Yeah. Uh, thank you all so much for your support. I yeah. looked up a few scary things about Texas. Cool. I'll talk to you about them. That's awesome. Yeah. It's almost like a, it's a little melange. Yeah. I've got, I've got several stories for you. Great. Um, essentially, I was looking up um, uh, folklore from Texas, and I discovered a trend. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I decided to just hop on it. Yeah. And, uh, uh, hop along a, trendy? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's just a little appetizer platter. I've got a few things I'm going to serve up to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because evidently in the state of Texas, 
there are a lot of stories about scary ladies. Okay. So, uh, it's be a scary lady charcuterie. Yes, exactly. Now, um, you talked previously in episode 12 mm-hmm. of the show, mm-hmm. a million years ago, you talked about the women in white. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of a type of ghost, mm-hmm. whatever, haunt, haunting, upset, weeping women, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, it's like that. a subgenre. And in talking about that, you mentioned the first thing I'm going to tell you about, mm-hmm. La Llorona. Yeah. Um, uh, but I did not know when you were telling me that. I was aware of La Llorona. Obviously, that is a Spanish mm-hmm. uh, name. Yeah. I didn't know that she is specific to Texas, oh. evidently. Um, so if you want to know a lot more about La Llorona, yeah. go check out episode 12. I'm going to tell you two things that I thought were interesting just as little okay, uh, sweet. new bits of information for the Texas show. Yeah. There's going to be a movie about La Llorona coming out with Linda Cardellini. Yeah. That was one of my interesting mm-hmm. things. Oh, well. I've taken care of it for you. Proceed. I've seen the trailer. You're welcome, big guy. Did you see the trailer? Yeah. Uh-huh. It looks good. It does look good. It looks really good. Yeah. It's produced by James Wan yep. of the, the Conjuring. It looks pretty Who good. Who directed Aquaman? Did you know that? I did know that. I just found that out yesterday mm-hmm. when I was watching Creed 2. Yeah. Well, before I was watching Creed 2. <laughs> Williams. Um, but the other thing that I found out mm-hmm. is that the legend of La Llorona persists primarily in areas where mountain lions are active uh, because the mountain lions scream is a blood-curdling make, mating call that has been likened to a woman's scream. Oh, my God. Like, foxes, too, are like that. They yeah. sound like a woman screaming. I used to hear the foxes scream in the woods behind my apartment. Oh, God. There was one night where they were screaming for, like, a really long time. <laughs> and um, then I went to bed. They were still going, but I went to sleep or whatever. I think sorry to bring it down for a second i think crumbs had a, a seizure in the middle of the night, the night or something so okay. then i like had to take him out afterward but i know that i was outside walking him like in the middle of the night right and, but it was hours later like we'd slept for a while and then it woke up like maybe it was early morning and they were still going Oof. yeah it was really creepy oh, I I, yeah i remember you telling me about <laughs> yeah. that sounds really it had been weird. like five hours or something Listen, it was beautiful that you had an apartment that was like edged up right against the woods <laughs> yeah that's Lovely why views. we moved there hellscape absolutely i had lots of problems with hot it. bed of horror yes and not fun horror no no miserable no horror. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> i paid a price for that view yeah you sure did and also in that apartment that was the only time um i'm sorry to take away from your thing real quick we went to that apartment and our cat chloe would not come out of either our bedroom or the second bedroom, the guest room. She would not go out into the living room or anywhere else into the apartment. And I thought that that was just like a weird thing that she'd picked up. I was like, I guess Chloe won't go other places now or something. As soon as we moved out of that apartment, she's all fine and wandering wherever she wants. She felt I know. It was unsafe. It was really weird. I really cannot explain Chloe. She would not come any further than the hallway. Do you remember that? She would go to the edge of the hallway living room and wouldn't go any further. I don't think I ever noticed that. She would just perch there and look at you and like want you to come into bed. You know, I saw a thing. Maybe we'll have to do something about like uh, paranormal pets in the future, something like that. Yeah. But uh, I saw a, a like a meme or a comic or whatever online. I don't know who did it. I don't know how to attribute it, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it was uh, a cat, like, you know, like looking vacant. Yeah. Like off into the distance, whatever. And so uh-huh. it was like, look at him. He's, what does he think he's looking at? There's nothing. And then you see from the cat's point of view, and there are five <laughs> wailing spirits in the room with their mouths inhumanly gaping open. Ah! And the cat's just... Just looking at him like you would look at anything. And they're like, what do you think he sees? He's looking for bugs or something. Yeah. I bet. 
<laughs> There's horrible demons everywhere. Yeah. Maybe somebody had done some sort of like protection curse or, or spell or something that was at the threshold of where you would walk yeah. into the living room and the rest of the apartment. So Chloe felt safe before that. Mm -hmm. But there was like a specific point she wouldn't cross. I'm not kidding. It was really weird. Or you lived in like what was a series of apartments that were kind of like condos mm -hmm. almost. Uh, maybe before that development of that land, uh -huh. it was all forest. Uh -huh. And there was a cabin in those woods where, uh, you know, an old hermit murdered a bunch of people. Maybe. And then they raised the house, got rid of the forest, and built all those apartments there. And yeah. the, where your apartment was situated is where his old cabin was. And so the spirits are there. Yeah. But only right there, not in the back bedrooms. William could very well be. Also, right outside our door, there was a tree trunk that had nails. I would say, like, I don't know, 50 nails. Um, just nailed into it in a ring around the tree. There's just like a big section that just had iron nails all coming out of it. Iron is supposed to be like a protective sort of uh -huh. thing. Yeah. There was that tree that had that carving in it that kind of looked like Batman or a demon. And there was also um, at the base of one of the trees about like, I don't know, like a dozen small little terracotta pots all together with like some stuff in them. I, I, <laughs> Do you remember that? No, yeah. not at all. I have no recollection of that. <laughs> Do you remember the nails? No. Really? No. Huh, I think I have some pictures. And I have a picture of the weird face carved into the tree. What a weird... I know. It really was... <laughs> that doesn't sound good. Wow. No. How long did you live there? Two years. You should have moved after the first week. <laughs> nice I had so many nice walks, though. The convenience couldn't be beat. You know I like to take a woods walk. I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> All right. Sorry. All right. So uh, moving on, mm -hmm. another sort of brief mm -hmm. uh, Texas scary lady, uh, the lady of White Rock Lane. Ooh. Uh, this is a very sort of classic. It's also basically a woman in white, by mm -hmm. the way, what I'm about to say to you. Mm -hmm. but it's also a sort of classic urban legend. So I'm just going to uh, tell you what this is. We've all heard versions of this. Okay. A woman drenched in water. So mm -hmm. you're driving along the road. You see a woman okay. drenched yeah. in water. She asks for a ride home. And while they're driving, she tells her rescuer that she lives on Gaston Avenue. I thought Ooh, it was Gaston a, fun, Avenue. a yeah. fun little detail. Uh, before they arrive at the destination, she disappears from the car entirely, leaving behind a wet car seat yeah. and a terrified driver. Yeah, that's sweet. Oh, wonderful. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Uh, all right. So now we're going to get to the big ones. Yeah. Moving into some big guns. Cool. Uh, let's talk first about the donkey lady. Okay. All right. Uh, in San Antonio in the 1800s, uh, a wealthy merchant guy is riding past a farm. Mm -hmm. On the farm, they've got a bunch of animals, uh, such as horses, chickens, donkeys. Okay. Uh, as this wealthy merchant is driving along, somehow he gets into an altercation with a donkey. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to worry about how. As he's driving? Well, riding, he's riding his yeah. of a carriage or something. So he gets bitten by this donkey. Oh, boy. And he starts retaliating against the donkey. Oh, man. The family, hearing this, runs out, and to stop this dude from beating up their donkey, they start throwing rocks at him. Uh-huh. They manage to stave him off for now. He drives into town. <laughs> this guy needs to get his an anger under control. Oh, Why are you trying doesn't. to beat a donkey? I okay. Know. Buckle up for more. Uh-oh. In town, he assembles a posse of other wealthy creeps. Oh, my God. What a loser. Mm-hmm. They go back to that farmhouse to try to get revenge. Real quick, specifically against the donkey, this doesn't have anything to no, do with that, the people. Now the family, because they now the, rocks okay, at him. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. He sets the family house on fire. Okay. And they stand guard around the house to make sure that no one comes out. Oh my God. Um, the father, trying to distract 
uh, this mob essentially mm-hmm. tries to run out to get their attention, whatever, but they shoot him dead. Mm-hmm. And then they go back to standing guard, whatever. After a little while, the doors burst open, uh, and out comes the mother, still on fire and screaming. Hell yeah. Her hands, her <clears throat> fingers have fused together. Oh God, like Pinocchio. Like, what look like hooves. Uh huh. And her face is now, uh, distended and lengthened. Um, and oh she my God. runs out of the house, but runs past them. Okay. To a bridge nearby. She jumps off the bridge into the water to douse the flames. Yeah. Her body is never found. Uh huh. That sounds right. <laughs> but to this day, people say that you, if you drive over that bridge, at dusk, mm-hmm. there's a good chance that you will run into the donkey lady. She no longer resembles a human, and she's been driven insane by what happened to her. And if she sees you, she will pounce on you oh, and God. devour you. Oh, God. Wow, what a good story. Just like a donkey. Yeah, just like a de- donkey devours people. So um, that story starts with a guy fighting a donkey. Yeah. And it's the story of the donkey lady. So you go, you start going like, all right, how do we get donkey plus lady? Right. It all starts with a donkey. Mm-hmm. And then it's just that she is in a fire and looks like a donkey? No, it seems like she transforms into into the donkey or something, like, in, in honor of it. <laughs> like, she's taken on its anger and traits or something, because that's where this all started. Yeah, I don't, I don't quite understand, but... Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, whatever. It, it doesn't That's matter. sweet. Uh, Do we find out what happens to that guy and his stupid friends or anything like that? I, like, is I, there any... No. I they just get away with it scot-free? Yeah, they just run off screen. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I, I've, got like a million, oh, excuse me. I've got like a million sources that I'm going to mm-hmm. share with you. Okay. So uh, TexasCryptidHunter.blogspot.com has this sentence that I, I, I liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is said that if you park on the bridge, shut off your headlights, and wait, you will almost certainly encounter something truly terrifying. Ooh. Which I liked. Yeah. Um, from Weird US, uh, they tell a story of somebody encountering the donkey lady all these years later. Mm-hmm. She's essentially a ghost. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's this is a story that's in weirdus.com. It's about a guy who's camping with a bunch of kids, whatever. As they're camping, they hear a sound. They think it's an animal. Uh, they look over. They see a, a, a not human, not animal thing snorting and snarling. Yeah. They throw all their gear into the truck. And then, seconds later, a horrible apparition bounded upon their hood and began shrieking at them through the glass. Ooh, donkeys do have a terrible noise. (laughs) Yeah. It was the ugliest thing any of them either (laughs) ever saw. Is that the thing that you'd be like the most? That's the ugliest thing. That's my first thought. This is so ugly. Ew. Yeah. This thing is so ugly. (laughs) Weird. Um, They swore it looked like a donkey. But it was mostly human. I picture them all sitting in the car as this thing's like pounding on the window. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What do you think it is? <laughs> what percentage of donkey do you think this thing is? I don't know. 50% yeah. or more. <laughs> anyway. But boy, um, is it ugly. It screamed at them uh, more as the truck continued to move away from the weeds and into the road. It used its deformed hands to punch at the windshield and broke it in many places. This does sound very scary. Yeah. The father hit the brakes. The thing slid off the hood and onto the dirt road. Throwing the truck into reverse, the father floored the gas pedal and put some distance between him and the thing, backing into the weeds off the road. He then put the truck into first and stepped on it again. That thing was coming up on them fast. They said it almost looked like it was a wild animal 
with an incredible look of rage and hatred in its eyes. Real quick, almost? <laughs> like, are we talking about... Nearly. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about something that looks like a donkey. Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> Dirt sprayed up from the road and the beast at the beast as they pulled out, slowing it down just enough for them to get away. Man. So the donkey lady <laughs> yeah. essentially is like a pummeling... I, so I, she is I, filled with a righteous anger. Yes, the one thing that like I feel is an interesting takeaway from the donkey lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is ridiculous. <laughs> it's so complicated, but yeah, it is weirdly complicated. Overcomplicated for such yeah. a short story. Yeah, totally. But the one thing that I like is the idea that like she was driven insane by this. Yeah, she's like, well, if I'm a monster, I'll be. A oh monster yeah, I'm all like in that. on being a monster. And yeah, right. she'll just like pummel bludgeon whatever the hell whoever happens to come across her path yes yeah she's yep. changed absolutely she's not her anymore all right she is donkey lady she is the donkey lady yeah mm-hmm. uh all right on to the next one mm-hmm. uh the angel of death of bexar county hospital mm. <clears throat> this is from hauntedhouseinfo.com okay at bexar county hospital there are stories of a lady in white making her way down a hall Performing her own Dr. Kevorkian-esque rituals. You know, Dr. Kevorkian was a good guy. Can we not? Well, he's, she's <laughs> killing people just like he did. But for, like, in out of the goodness of her heart, or is she a bad guy? Because I assume that this is a scary story, right? Uh, yeah, this isn't. This doesn't seem like a good story. Yeah, so people use Dr. Kevorkian like he was just like an angel of death doctor killing people left and right. Here's a question for you. Can yeah. you imagine Billy Crystal going, paging Dr. Kevorkian? Yes. Yeah, what that is that like from? something you would have said, right? Yeah, maybe it's from like Analyze That or something. Maybe, yeah. I don't, I don't, <laughs> not Analyze This, the sequel Analyze, analyze that. that. Yeah. I'm not sure if he ever did, but doesn't that Paging sound exactly Kevorkian. like something he would say? Yes, absolutely. Cool, perfect. Uh, just checking. Um, at the time when the story first circulated, there was a rash of deaths taking place on a ward, and they were going in order from room to room. Uh, while it's natural to have deaths in a hospital, these deaths were progressing in order ac- according to room numbers. Ooh. So room 101, and then room 102 is next. Yeah. And the person in room 103 is like, oh boy. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't yeah. have come in. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, it's said that several patients before meeting their demise would ask who the nurse in the old-time uniform was that kept coming into their room in the wee hours Always of the old morning. time. Uh, now, many patients in this ward had video and diagnostic monitors on them with displays at the central nurses' station. Nurses could quickly review patient stats there as to not disturb them. Mm-hmm. But the weird thing was that abnormal stuff started to happen. Patients would be seen talking with or holding out their hands to someone not seen on the monitors. Uh, privacy curtains would suddenly close around the bed, obstructing the camera's view. Ooh, this is good. The strange deaths stopped. When one patient died and the next room was vacant. So essentially. Yeah, there was no one to kill in the next room. May as well stop. Spirit moved on. So wait, so maybe this. 101, 102, 103, 104. Yeah. 105. Well, I better bounce. I'm out. Wouldn't it be easier to just skip to 106 than to have to move to an entirely different hospital? But who knows how these things work? Yeah. You got to get out. The ghost showed up to that room and was like. I suppose my work is done. Well, wait, William, maybe this was a good ghost like Dr. Kevorkian, because if it was holding patients' hands, that kind of suggests, well, it depends. Because I bet, as I was going to say, maybe it suggests people who were like really suffering and on their way out anyway, and who wanted to die, and maybe it was a spirit that was like holding their hand and being like, okay, I'll help take care of you. 
Um, but it could be an evil spirit that's like doing that in a fake way where yeah. they're like, yeah, I'll take care of you, but holding their hands still. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. And then you're like taken into hell. To hell, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, uh, they mentioned in that little story uh, that there were a series of deaths in that ward. I'm not going to get too much into it. Yeah. Uh, but there was a woman who was found guilty of killing at least 60 oh infants and children. Oh, my God. In that same 60. hospital. God almighty. In uh, Bexar County Hospital. Oof. So this story may be uh, a corruption yeah, yeah, of a yeah. true crime. Yeah, kind of a reaction to it. Yeah. Huh. God. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, totally. Uh, but like the old-timey nurse uniform. Yeah, yeah. You can see it. There's oh, like yeah. an imprint of a nurse who would have uh-huh. been doing her regular rounds. Right. Coming into the room. Yes. And she doesn't know to check that uh, that newfangled equipment because she wasn't alive at a time where there were computers. Whatever. Right. So she's going room to room with yeah. a little clipboard. Good evening, Mr. Gregory. Ugh. I'm here to check your vitals. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> Kill me and get it over with. I know what happened to 104, 103, 102, and 101. <laughs> Take me if you think you can. It's my time. <laughs> Eager. Yeah. Eager for it. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> All right. Our final scary Texas lady. This one's my favorite. <laughs> this is a really good category. Scary the, Texas ladies. Couldn't believe it. I was looking up all this stuff about Texas. And yeah. like almost every other one was about the this lady, the that lady. Yeah. Uh, so here we go. This is my favorite one. Uh-huh. The candy lady. Okay. This might be one of my favorite things I've ever come across in my research for this I'm show. Excited to hear it. The candy lady of Texas. Um, just to also throw out a, a, a way too specific detail for people in Texas who are like, hey, you're talking about my place. Yeah. Uh, this take, took place in Terrell, Texas. Cool. All my peeps in Terrell say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So here's, here's the story. This is wild. So children in Texas, this is what I've come to understand. Yeah. Children in Texas, theoretically today, whatever, in recent years, uh, tell the story of the candy lady, mm-hmm. uh, which harkens back to a time where children woke up. Sun's rising, roosters making noise. Right. And they look out the window. And what do they see on the windowsill from the outside? A piece of candy. Oh, God. Well, that's nice. Oh, God. This is almost like some sort of a Santa Claus or yeah. an Easter type bunny. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Ignore it. So they see a little piece of candy. An Easter type bunny. Yum yum. What a sweet boy am I? Yeah. Open the window, take the candy, unwrap it, pop it in your mouth. Uh-huh. Pop that dum dum. I picture dum-dum. being um a taffy. Sure, a little taffy. Yeah. Uh uh and and you look like the the <laughs> the boy who's the kid that put his thumb in a pie and was like, What a good boy. Am oh my I? god, I know what you're talking about, but I don't know the name. <laughs> Proud. Cheeks stuffed with toffee. <laughs> Augustus Gloop. Yeah. Break the chicken's eggs. Yeah. Nothing can upset me today. I got my candy. Anyway. <laughs> so this happens for a while. The kids aren't telling their parents because their parents are going to take the candy away. Yeah, Every totally. When they wake up on the windowsill, a new piece of candy. Until. <laughs> until. It I already feel good about this. For a certain period of time. And then they wake up and yes, the candy is there. But this time it comes with a note. Oh. Come out and play with me. Oh, God. Signed, the candy lady. Mm-hmm. And then kids began to go missing. Oh, my God. Uh, missing and, and never found again, oh. as a matter of fact. Oh. Um, and over time, the kids that didn't 
go out to play. Wait, real quick. Is this a true story you're hold saying? Hold on. Hold the phone. But wait, why did you mention Terrell? Was that about this? Hold. Okay. Yes, okay. All right. Okay. This. Hold all the right. phone. All right. I'll hold my taffy. The kids who didn't go out to play with the candy lady mm-hmm. as they're getting older start to realize just how strange this is. Yeah. And so they begin to tell their story, receiving candy every morning uh-huh. and eventually a note requesting that they come out to play. Uh-huh. And the story of the candy lady begins to grow. Mm-hmm. And then a farmer nearby, another farm, uh, <laughs> notices uh, as he's tending to his fields, little little candy wrappers on the ground, littering his field. Picking up the candy wrappers, he untwists them, thinking, oh, this is going to be a sweet toffee. <laughs> and yet when he unwraps the wrapper, <gasps> children's teeth, Ooh. children's rotted with sugar teeth, Ooh. wrapped up like candy. All over his field. So the farmer, being a perfectly... Being a farmer, plants them. Plants them. Out come these kids. Mm -hmm. Why, thank you for growing me. (laughs) (laughs) Can I have more candy? That's a kid from Texas? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) It is. Also, it's not an old man? In Terrell County, they talk like that. Yeah. So, it's not an old man. Yeah. So, uh, the, the man tells the police that he's finding these children's teeth wrapped up like candy on his property. The police come to investigate. Uh, they can make uh, no uh, progression with the case. They don't know what mm-hmm. the hell this is, whatever. But a week or two later, the farmer uh, is found dead in a ditch, mm. his eyes stabbed with forks and filling his pockets candy. Ooh. The candy lady. So um, It's her calling card. It is her calling card. So Now I'm picturing um, double bubble bubble gum. Double bubble bubble gum. Yep. Okay. It's switched in my mind. Absolutely. Keep me keep me up to date with whatever sure, you're sure. thinking of at any given moment. Of course. So um <laughs> So anyway, so now the theory is that the candy lady gives you candy to lure you to take you away. Yeah. Uh where she continues to maybe perhaps fatten you up with candies, uh, and then uh stabs forks in your eyes or rips out your teeth. Oh, all right, so almost a Hansling Gretel vibe. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. I don't know where the forks are coming from. Uh, but this does appear to be based on a true story, uh, because nearly anybody that you will see talking about the candy lady on the internet, Mm -hmm. uh, will immediately start telling you the story of Clara Crane. Okay. God, what a good name for a bad guy. Is she a bad guy? Well, (laughs) let's see. Clara Crane and her husband Leonard had a daughter named Marcella. Uh Uh-huh. And Marcella, uh, unfortunately was killed. Uh, in a farming accident. By a candy truck. By a candy. Okay. Uh, she was killed in a farming accident mm-hmm. at a time when her father, Leonard, was supposed to be supervising her. Uh, but he had taken to the whiskey. Yeah. Uh, and so the daughter dies. Mm-hmm. Um, Clara Crane goes ahead and kills Leonard with poisoned candy. Okay. Uh, and is found not guilty by reason of insanity and sentenced to an insane asylum. Mm-hmm. In the insane asylum, she, uh, using ripped up bed sheets, makes a doll of a child, which she names Marcella. Okay. After her dog. Yeah. Uh, the inmates say they can hear her talking to it and singing to it at night. Mm. Uh, now, there was an overcrowding problem in the asylum, and Clara Crane, it was decided, was a nonviolent patient okay there's no more room at the inn essentially right and so she would be released uh-huh. to make room for more dangerous 
patient. Yeah, if you're, they probably figured that her crime was specific to her husband. Right. She's not going to be what a threat to others, right? So Clara Crane is now happy that she's going to leave. She writes a letter to her sister Agatha, of which I have an excerpt. Oh. Dearest Aggie, I am elated. I have been informed by Dr. Matthews that Marcy and I will be returning home in less than three weeks. As you can imagine, Marcy can barely contain her excitement. Mm. Every night she asks, is tomorrow the day when we can go home, mother? Very soon, I will be able to tell her yes. Oh, boy. So, uh, Clara Crane Mm -hmm. is obviously not well, not healed, not rehabilitated, but is being released regardless. Right. Um, she goes back to the family farm and that's when the neighborhood kids begin to disappear. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Creating the legend of the candy lady still discussed today. Holy crap. So to all my friend in Texas, <laughs> if you wake up in the morning and there's a delicious sweet on your windowsill, <laughs> feel free to take part. But when the candy lady asks you to come out to play... Say no, no, dum dum. Very good. You take part in a suite. You do. <laughs> you, partake. You participate. Yeah. You participate in having sweets. Yeah. Uh, no, the candy lane. I'm sorry. I'm being ridiculous yeah. about it, but the candy lane. No, the totally. Of the candy yeah. So here's the thing. I've been doing a lot of research about this. I yeah. found uh, photographs of Clara Crane. Uh-huh. I found a newspaper article uh, talking about the woman who poisoned her husband named yeah. Clara Crane. Quick question. This is so stupid. I can't believe I've already forgotten. What does she have to do with candy? She Clara poisoned Crane? her husband with candy. With candy. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, because yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he was supposed to be watching when their daughter died. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Cool. Um, For some reason, I thought she like poisoned his whiskey or something. No. Okay. No. Uh, and so then it just seems like candy became her, her yeah her means publicly it was her thing her medium yeah uh for killing people yeah um so is it proven or anything that she was the reason that children were going missing well i i did a lot of research into this Mm -hmm. i i tried to find the the newspaper where the article was originally posted yeah i did a reverse uh image search on her photograph Mm -hmm. there is nothing to find huh if you search any of this stuff you go back to the exact same sources yeah 1063thebuzz.com uh ranker um urbanlegendsonline.com yeah you find all of these things um you find no verifiable information because my theory is it isn't true yeah i don't think that this is true i think that maybe the candy lady is a story that was shared around and then people on the internet began to build up the legend somebody made that newspaper article Uh and then it was shared as if it was 100 percent real right um uh, I, I found a source, crberryauthor.wordpress.com, mm-hmm. uh, posted an article where they're like, I can't verify this. I don't think it's true. Yeah. I think the exact same thing, uh, which is why I don't feel – usually I feel super guilty talking about anything that's like even remotely true. Uh-huh. Uh, I think – Well, this was also true. such a long time ago. It's, you know – Right, a little yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, true. But we're talking about like insane asylums and like yeah. a woman that lost her mind. Totally, and was killed. Like it's horrible. Yeah, but I don't think it's real. No, I don't think so it, it either. Might it might be. Yeah. But to the best of my knowledge, in trying to search for this, I could find nothing that would validate 
any of this information. And I think if it were true, that would be such like, it's so um, fantastical that case in some ways. And exactly the kind of thing that public gloms onto when it's proven. Like, I feel like there would be sources about that. Absolutely. So I think you're right. I think people just have heard the candy lady thing and they drew parallels to the woman who killed her husband with candy who was in the same area. Oh, if that's right? even true. Oh, you think maybe that's not even true. I'm saying true. the whole thing might not be true. Clara oh. Crane may not be a real person. Oh. Maybe there is some, you know, case that this is based on uh-huh. but even the article that i found yeah. i don't believe it's real if oh okay stop, gotcha. you'll see these things yeah. you'll see a photo of clara crane and you'll see the newspaper article uh where it said that she killed her husband but the newspaper article it looks like an old article you know but like uh there's no information on it you know Weird. what I mean? There's, there's nothing about the newspaper. Do you think itself. somebody like doctored up a thing to look like a newspaper article? Yeah, I mean not? they could have. I, it, I mean they could have. It just seems weird. It is weird. I, I mean, like why? Yeah, but I've got this article. Yeah. Wife poisons husband with candy. Clara Crane, 28 years old, was arraigned in the Haddock Street Courthouse Wednesday morning. Mrs. Crane is suspected by Ellis County sheriffs of murdering her husband, Leonard Gilbert Crane, 41 years old, by poisoning on Friday. Um, I, I think could, this is not true. Could this person be an author who like the person who has the blog, like C.R. Barry? What is this blog about? Cause it's not like it's a news website. It's their website, right? Yeah. But I, I don't Conspiracy think... fiction author. Okay. I mean, but this is only from 2017. I have articles that go back further, I think. Oh, okay. Um, Why don't I'm... you go back up to the top so we can read the whole thing of what it says. Nope, go back up. Conspiracy fiction author C.R. Berry presents weekly blogs about history's biggest secrets, mysteries, and conspiracy theories, and exclusive news about his forthcoming Chilean million odds. Okay, so it doesn't really help. So it could be true. Yeah, I I mean, I I don't know. It's not not impossible that this has some authenticity if you go far enough back, Mm -hmm. do just enough digging. But I'm, I'm truly not convinced. I think it's a very creative story. Yeah. That's very fun yeah because it like you said mm-hmm. it, it ticks those boxes of like icky entertainment right it's like kids are getting candy and they're getting a, a an anonymously written note that just says come and play with me yeah totally the candy lady yeah how are you not going to tell people about that it's right. so out well there. that Crazy. part i think is clearly not true i'm saying and you're saying the same thing i wonder if even the thing about clara crane is a real thing whatsoever right hmm. right interesting yeah i i i do not know yeah um huh but there's well, a totally it. sweet story i know i love it i, yeah. I really love it yeah, yeah. No, the candy lady story going further back than this cr berry website mm-hmm. uh i've got urban legends online which was posted in 2015 mm-hmm. so this this goes further back than that person's blog um right but yeah no on on this website to this day anytime a kid goes missing all the locals say the candy lady got them that's awesome mm-hmm uh so there you have it. Yeah. For, for whatever reason, I I don't know, but it seems like in Texas, yeah. some of our, our biggest supporters, uh-huh. there are a lot of stories of uh of revenge seeking yeah. scary lady ghosts. Huh. Yeah. All right. So I am gonna talk to you about a haunted doll, William. Okay. Have you heard of Robert the doll before? I have I've heard of Robert the doll mm-hmm. and I know what he looks like. Yeah. I know nothing else okay all right cool so i'm going to tell you about him so he was um he he lives now in florida 
in a um, in a museum there. Okay. And when people come to see him, <laughs> exactly, he really is a scream. Um, in the room that he's in, the walls have tons of letters from people from around the world. Some of them are kind of fan mail of sorts. Yeah. Some of them are letters apologizing to Robert and asking him to lift the hex or curse that he may have put on them, Ooh. so that they can get their lives back. Oh boy. Let's backpedal and talk about his origins. Yeah, how we get there. Yeah. Okay, so he was made in the early 1900s, and there are two conflicting stories about how he kind of like came into the mix. One story, which is a little bit more classic horror movie-ish, is that the family who had Robert the Doll... Um, who's last night, they're the Otto family. So there's a really, really rich family that lived in a mansion in the Florida Keys. They had a housekeeper who, depending on the storyteller, was either Haitian or Bahamian. And it said that her, um, that the Ottos fired her because they caught her doing black magic in the backyard. Oh. So before she was going to leave, she decided to make this doll, give it to the son Robert, but she put a hex on it. So it would curse the family. All right. Word. <laughs> Uh, here, here's some advice. Yeah. If you catch somebody that works for you doing black magic, mm-hmm. don't fire them. No, you want to keep that person close. Be nice to them. Absolutely. And then Stay on their good side. Let's say you already screwed up. You did fire that person. Don't let her give your kids anything. <laughs> no way. Well, luckily, William, I think that story is BS. That seems like okay. that's just kind of like a, a cool origin story or whatever. Um, the museum that has Robert the doll has done some research into everything, and they have found that it seems like the doll was made in Germany um, by the Steiff, S-T-E-I-F-F company, which is what made the first teddy bear. Oh. And their best guess is that Robert's grandfather, who had been in Germany, got the doll there and brought it back. So it's a big doll. It's like three feet tall. Oh. Um, so it was close to like life size of Robert, basically. Wow. Um, it wears a sailor outfit, and basically, like all the pictures that we've seen of him are wearing a sailor outfit. The Steiff or Steve Co. didn't make sailor outfits for anything, so everybody's best guess is that this is an outfit that Robert actually had that he put on the doll. That's horrible. Yeah. Horrible. <laughs> right. It's. This is a wild story. Is it any different from having uh, people who knit and sew and stuff have the the form of a person? I think it was kind of similar, but it did have facial features. And at one point, apparently had a face that like kind of like a jester's face, but that is obviously worn off over time. And there are no pictures of it with that kind of like former glory. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. So Roberts, the kid who got Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, Robert! <laughs> Sweet nickname for Robert the doll. That's how you abbreviate Robert. 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 Oh, you can go from William to Will, Kristen to Chris, right. Robert to Robert. Right. <laughs> so the kid who was who was gifted the doll, his name was Robert. It was Robert Eugene Otto, and he decided he wanted to name the doll Robert. Because he thought it was like kind of like him, because it was like kind of tall. He put it in his clothes or whatever. He's like, now, now this is Robert. This thing is pretty much me, basically. And then he started going by Gene himself, because Robert is the doll's name. Robert is the doll. I'm, I'm not Robert. That's Robert. Oh, so he starts going by Gene. <laughs> now, by all accounts, he had an, an unhealthy relationship with this doll. 
He was taking it everywhere with him. Like when they went out, this doll is coming everywhere. He he talks to it like it's a real person, refers to it like it's a real person. This went into his teen years. He's calling the doll Robert and acting like it's real and oh, stuff. No. I don't know if he actually took it everywhere in his teen years, but he apparently still referred to it as though it was a very real person. Mm-hmm. Um, he blamed things on Robert all the time. Like when things went wrong in the house and whatever, he'd be like, I didn't do it. Robert did it. And his parents brushed it off at first when he was like a little kid. Cause they're just like, you know, you're just like blaming it on the doll until weird stuff started happening when Gene wasn't around. So they couldn't blame it on Gene. So like one time there was a repairman in the house and he said that he heard a child laughing, but Gene wasn't home. And he was like going by or in the room that Robert was in, and Robert moved from one side of the room to the other. Ooh. Like when he turned around. All right. So things were weird. Things aren't great. Things aren't great with Robert. He hasn't hurt anybody or anything like but lots of children laughing. Um, it's said that they would sometimes hear Gene talking in his room and hear a deep voice answering him. Um, and they go in the room, it's just him and Robert the doll. Not good. How you doing, Robert? <laughs> good, Gene. I'm fine. And they just go, like, huh, must have been the wind yeah. or something. <laughs> they convince themselves it's nothing. <laughs> exactly. So there are a lot of conflicting stories about this on the internet and everywhere. Like that he you know, kept Robert with him all the time through his adulthood and everything. But that seems not to be true. Yeah. He went away to New York and Paris to study art. And he left Robert at home in with his parents in his in his family house. And they put Robert in the attic. They were just like, all right, Gene's not here. Like We're not like hanging out with Robert all the time. So he went and did that. And he became a very successful artist. This guy ended up like doing very, very well for himself. And his family was rich already. So they just kind of had all these resources. He got married. He met somebody. And when they got married, they moved back to Florida and moved into the family house that he grew up in with his parents. I don't know where his parents went. I don't know if they died or they just like moved to a smaller place or maybe assisted living or something. I'm completely making that well, up. They're but out of the story. They're out, yes, they're out of the story. Um, and so Gene gets Robert out of the attic, his old friend. And he kind of picks off where he picks up where he left off a little bit. It's not like he's like taking Robert everywhere and talking about him all the time, but he makes a little room for Robert in one of the turrets of the house because again this is like a big mansion house and he positions robert in a chair next to a window facing out he and his wife don't sleep in the same bedroom it could be for it well it could it could be a snoring issue a a weird sleep issue however he does sleep in the wing that robert's in yeah i was gonna say maybe they don't sleep together some things say they do but i don't think so but like robert is closer at night to gene than his wife is i'm thinking they did sleep in the same room Mm -hmm. until they moved to that house and then oh him and his wife maybe yeah and she was like you know i might go sleep in the living room (laughs) yeah because robert's room is like right across the hall and what if he like turns around in his chair which doesn't seem out of the question because people who would walk around in town once Gene and his wife Anne moved in started taking different routes and stuff because they were creeped out that Robert the doll was up in the window looking down at them. And sometimes people would say that he would, they, they would look, he's there, look away, look back, he's not there, or that he would turn position in his chair or that he looked like he was just looking right down at them. And like people in town were starting to talk about it. It was like a weird thing. And part of what's cool about this story is that it's like, totally word of mouthy like robert the doll getting famous and everything there's not like a big thing that happened it's just like people in florida started talking and it kind of spread from there but i'll get there 
So it was this huge house that he lived in. It got it um, kind of was nicknamed the artist's house because um, he had all kinds of weird art stuff in there. And he actually wanted to turn it into an art museum of sorts and do tours and stuff, but he ended up not doing it. Um, but people still would come in a lot. Like he had a lot of visitors. Sure. And they said they would hear steps above them or things would move. And Gene would say it was Robert. <laughs> oh, that's just Robert. Yeah. Oh, who's Robert? My doll. My doll. <laughs> He's dressed like me. He's a little yeah. me. Yeah. He's the same as me. <laughs> he is me. He's me. Well, actually, anyway. no. No, Robert is his own entity. That's why Gene changed his name. They can't both be Robert. Robert is his own person. Oh, sorry. That, I'm was, Gene. that was Robert. He began as me. Yeah. <laughs> he eventually split off from me. Well, one theory about Robert, which I really enjoy, is that like there's obviously a theory that he is a ghost or he's a possessed item like Annabelle or something. Actually, um, it's said that the story of Chucky is kind of based on Robert, just in the idea of a doll being possessed. Um, there's not really any other parallels other than that. But an idea that I read that I really like the idea of, and then I kind of take a step further in my mind, is that maybe Robert was a doll to begin with. He was just a doll. But Gene was so obsessed with him, gave him his name talked to him all the time like he was a person blamed things on him he was pouring so much energy and attention and belief into robert that maybe in some sort of weird tulpa way he kind of made robert real right and robert is almost like a horcrux of his mm -hmm. exactly what i was going to say is that maybe when they heard like when people said they've heard children laughing maybe that is the laugh of gene but it's just been kind of like saved and downloaded into robert Ooh. right yeah and i was pretty pleased with myself yeah i like that yeah Okay, so when Jean died eventually, Anne put his wife, put Robert in the attic. She was like, done. But they would still hear noise and stuff coming from the attic, and she was like, meh. Oh, what's he doing up there? I don't know, a little tap dance? A little Ooh. dolly shuffle? Mr. Marbles. Yeah, oh, Mr. Marbles. Um, then when she died, Anne, two years later, the house was sold partially furnished, like you could buy with some of the stuff in it, which included Robert up in the attic. So the woman who moved in said that she would hear things moving around in the attic still. Now we get into two stories again. There are conflicting reports, but it's less of a big deal. One story is that that woman lived there with Robert for 20 years. The other story is that she moved a couple of years later out of that house, but took Robert with her to her new location. Either way, the story ends with her eventually donating the doll to the Fort East Martello Museum because it was haunted. She was like, I okay. want this off my hands. So it's by a haunted this point, doll. It is a notorious yes. haunted artifact. Right. But still just in small circles. You know what I mean? Because it's not like the woman who moved in the house advertised it. She was just like, this doll is freaky. It's artist owner designed a wing of this museum. I'm going to donate it to this museum where its owner has like okay. some history basically. Okay. So she donated it to the museum. So the museum took it and it wasn't put out right away. It was just like in storage because they were waiting for the right exhibit to put it out. Just like, why are they going to like have a doll there? Um, but word spread because the idea of Robert the doll was notorious in the area. People knew about this freaky house, this weird house that has all this weird art and everything where this eccentric, locally famous artist lived. He had a haunted doll up in the window looking down at people. And, and so stories get told and everything. And now people know that the woman donated the doll to the museum to get it off her hands because it's haunted and she like can't deal um so people were asking the museum like put out the doll this is like very weird and so they eventually put the doll out um and when they put the doll out they put it in a glass case to protect because it's a very old old item 
um, weird stuff started happening. Like cameras would malfunction around it. Any electronic equipment would malfunction. The lights would flicker. Just kind of weird stuff. So the reputation kind of starts to grow. Um, then people who had visited the museum and taken a picture of Robert started reporting that bad things have happened to them. Car accidents. They're losing their jobs. Dying pets, dying children, like right. just all these rumors about like things that happen if you disrespect Robert in any way. Like mainly the taking of a picture without asking seems to be kind of a thing. So that's why there are letters on the walls from people who are like, Robert, I'm really, really sorry that I took a picture of you. Um, like please, whatever, because now they're asking for penance. Right. Um, people also send, like I said, fan mail. People send Robert offerings because I guess the thought is like if he has the power to do good, excuse me, if he's the power to do bad, if you disrespect him, maybe if you're respectful toward him, he'll do good. Almost like the Persian kissing devil skull yeah, or whatever. Yeah, Steve Dave. Yeah. But on, honestly, I mean on top of that, he obviously wasn't some sort of a malevolent force for mm-hmm. Gene. Uh, no, he never did anything like bad or evil, just like creepy. So what I'm saying is like they were obviously friendly. Oh, yeah. So he's capable of not being bad. Right, right. You know, maybe at best he's capable of being completely neutral. Mm -hmm. He won't harm you. Yeah. But they obviously had some sort of a friendship, companionship that endured for decades. Mm -hmm. So he's capable of not being some sort of a a little beast. Yeah, exactly. He's not purely like a malevolent spirit who's like out to like do bad things to everybody. Right. Right. So people send offerings too. They send candy because somehow the word got out that Robert loves sweets. Candy lady. Um, yeah. Candy lady. Come and play with me, Robert. <laughs> Money. Even joints they send to Robert, which um, Corey Convertito, who's kind of Robert's caretaker at the museum, says is completely inappropriate. We are still a museum. <laughs> <laughs> so this woman, who I'm going to get into a little bit more, her name is Corey Convertito. She is Robert's caretaker at the museum. So once a year, she administers a checkup just making sure he's still like formed all fine and everything. She takes him out of the case and weighs him to assess whether the humid Florida weather has done anything bad to his straw filled body. Cause he's filled with straw. Um, and she also takes him to things like TV appearances, like occasionally they don't do it a whole ton, but like if somebody's talking about Robert, the doll and they ask and they're down for whatever, Corey is always the one who goes with Robert. She's very much his like caretaker and liaison basically to She's the outside the world. Gene. She is the new gene. And you know who drew that parallel? William, a little Mr. Someone called Zach Bagans. Oh, no. I had the distinct honor, William, of watching a clip of Zach Bagans with Robert the Doll. Video. <laughs> Correct. All right. It was an honor. Right. It's from 2016. It's the first episode of a show called Deadly Possessions. Um, He's still like extra and Zach Bagansy, but he definitely has evolved into the person we've seen today in 2018. He's a little bit more low key in this, like a little, it's okay. still, it still has his flair and his, his razzle dazzle and everything. A lot of panache, but he's slightly more toned down. So, um, she comes on the show and she's talking about, she's talking about the story of Robert and everything. When, oh, excuse me, I should back up. When she walked into the room with Zach Bagans and he's like, and that's, that's Robert, he jumps up and he's like, okay, I just, I just need a moment here. Um, uh, Man, and it, he's like, do people feel this way when he comes in? Like, do they feel anxious? And she was like, yep, some people do. Also interesting to me, and it made me think about the production of his things. So I did a lot of research and I really wanted to read a lot of, um, quotes from Corey Convertito in particular because she spends so much time with Robert the doll now. 
in print interviews and stuff, and there are like a handful of them with her, she seems like very just like rational and whatever about Robert the doll. So like in one article, somebody said, do you think he's haunted? And she said, I don't know. I really don't. I've never had a bad experience with him. I've never felt uncomfortable. It's always been a very basic relationship and I have a job to do and I go and do it. Whether there's something to it or not, he just allows me to get on with my job. But okay. then, but then on the show, she's not like over the top whatsoever, like not big in style, but she is a little bit more like, Oh, I don't know if you want to do that. So I feel like the producers have to hype them up to like get them to play right. into the mystery a and little she's bit. She's got an investment in it. Oh, completely. Know. But it was just interesting, like to see the way she was on the show and yeah. then read um little quotes from her. And like she just definitely was like a more amplified well, version on the show, which I totally get. You're reading essentially mm-hmm. a transcript of what she said. Yeah. Maybe in the delivery, she was like, I really don't know. That's a good you know, point. I just try to go about my business. Actually, that's a very good point. You know, who knows who knows yeah. what her, her what her delivery was. You're like. right. You're only reading the words. Maybe she is like that. You're right. Because even now that I think about it, like so Zach Bagans asks if Robert can sit on his lap, and she's like, she's like, um, if if you want, like, you know, whatever. But I guess in print I could read her as being like, if you want, whatever. Yeah. If you want. Yeah. Well, okay, you're if t- you want. Yeah. If you want to do that, I yeah. don't know why you do. Uh, Zach so, Bagans, by the way, just for mm-hmm. people who may not know, uh-huh. they may not. He's uh, like one of these uh, paranormal reality show yeah. people. He's got his paranormal museum. Mm-hmm. He did a Halloween live stream yes. that we watched. We oh, watched we sure it did. live for like yeah. two and a half hours. Yeah. Uh, and it felt incredibly scripted. Yeah. Uh, there was a witch in the basement who keeps going, I let all the spirits loose. Oh, my God. Lady the, Snake. Lady Snake. She goes, they're like a kid in a candy shop. And, over and, then goes, and like, over. Why would you do that? Why would you let them loose? And she goes, they're like kids in a candy shop. And then about a she half hour later, it. they run into her again. And he's like, tell me more about the spirits you let loose, Lady Snake. And she goes, tonight's, tonight the store is like a candy shop. And it's obvious that she like forgot her line. Totally. She like didn't know what else to say. I don't know if she forgot her line. I think she might have just thought that that was a really good line. I don't. It felt to me like she wasn't sure how to like improvise her way forward. So she really leaned heavily on maybe candy shop. That's how it felt to me. I guess it is a scary thing to say about ghosts. Very scary. Like a kid and a kid, they can just pick any of our souls that they want. It's a fine line. It's it's all no matter. Her delivery what, wasn't bangerang. Even at its best, it's a little out there. <laughs> uh yeah. But uh, to say it about five times. Oh yeah. It's just a lot. It's a uh, whole lot. And then uh, Red Letter Media on YouTube. If you look it up, they did you watch that video? Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. They do a ten minute yeah, video where they just kind of talk about it, and they point out moments where like <laughs> they talk to a demonologist who goes like, "Oh my god." He's like, "Yeah, you can open the Dybbuk box. Who cares?" Yeah. Yeah, I guess if you really want to, like a Dybbuk's not really, and he's like. Okay. All right. We're going to move on. Like he gets away from that guy as fast as possible because it's not working for what he's trying to put out there. Well, also the guy says like, I know it's not really part of your script, but like, I don't really believe in demons. I don't think by script he meant literal script. I think he just meant like part of your thing. Agreed. Like totally agreed. Totally agreed. But Um, but it it didn't, it didn't help. No, it didn't. No, it wasn't good. It didn't help. Yeah. You're not helping. Yeah. All right. I'm out of here. Okay. So something on. So as I'm saying this, I I guess it's really more general vibe of Zach Bagans that isn't quite as like overhanging. It's going to sound exactly the same or worse what I'm about to say. But he does have just like he's understated just two notches below what he is today, but still bonkies. Yeah. yeah. So he has Robert the Johnson on him. (laughs) And he's just like. (laughs) 
like like in a movie where there's some guy who like doesn't like babies and then his sister's like here can you hold him for a second and the guy's just like um uh what do i do that's like what zach bagans was like with the doll he's like thank you robert for sitting with me or whatever he's like being respectful but he's also like "Ah." wow but the craziest part yeah the craziest part was that in the middle of his interview with um with what's her name Corey corvitito uh, or Co- Covertito, excuse me. This guy named Theo comes in. It's an it's an older gentleman wearing a bow tie. He's basically wearing like a tux. It's really weird. And he's like, oh, I have this letter for you. And uh, Zach's like, oh, thanks, Theo, or whatever. We're supposed to believe... Okay, so I did more research. I researched a lot on this. So he... Theo is just supposed to be a guy who works in production, who helps make the guests comfortable and everything. We are to believe that this guy who works on the show professionally interrupted his interview when he shouldn't have. I mean, this guy's talking to somebody. He just Why happens are you to interrupt. Theo? I'm obviously working. Right. If it was real, it'd be like, Theo, not now. I'm like doing an interview. So Theo comes in. He's like, I have this letter for you, Zach. And Zach's like, thanks, Theo. And then Theo turns around and he says like, he says like, hi to like Corey. She's like, hi. And then he turns to Robert and he's like, Whoa! and he walks out. He makes a crazy noise. <laughs> And then, oh. yeah, kind of, kind of, like I think he's goose. like being a little jokey where he's like, Ugh. I mean, it's all fake, but like he's, I think the deal is that he's supposed to be being like a nice, funny guy, but it's disrespectful. So he walks out and, and Zach's like, now that's very serious what Theo just did. And she's like, yeah, I mean, it, you know, I don't know if it was a great idea. I thought it was a little rude. I don't know how Robert feels about it. And then isn't the implication that he like reflexively accidentally made that sound? Robert's very sensitive. Apparently Not that Theo was like taunting him by going. Grah! No, no, it was the sound was in regards to Robert. It was directed at Robert. It's like he turned and saw Robert and was like, Ugh! was and he like, scared? Like what jokey getting, scared. OK, so he's going like, oh, what a what an ugly doll kind of thing. No, he knows it's a haunted item. So he's being like, huh? And then leaving, like, oh, I'm scared. Okay, because what I thought yeah. was like, he was genuinely startled. Like Zach Baggins, I don't think when so. she first brings it in, stands up. Oh, no. oh. He can't take it. Oh. I thought maybe the guy was accidentally doing something too. And they were like, that was really rude of him to no, have no, no. an involuntary reaction. No, no. He, he's just like, ah, scary doll. Okay. Right. And then leaves. And so, <laughs> and then it has captions underneath because now it's a crew member talking. We've broken the fourth wall because things have gone nuts here. So it's somebody coughing and then a crew member is like, I think that's Theo. That sounds like Theo. So then, <laughs> I don't remember the exact order of events, but they're like, we should probably have Theo come out and apologize to Robert for doing that. So like, tragedy doesn't befall him this like very nice older man comes back in he's like i'm very sorry robert i didn't mean to whatever and they do a talking head with theo where he's just like i don't know what he says i don't know he's like i didn't mean to insult robert i don't want him to feel that way so whatever so here's something that's sad and weird so that happens on the show then in my research reading everything i can about zach bagans and robert Robert the doll. I find him doing press for this show coming out. And he says that Theo had a stroke a few weeks later and that he couldn't work on the rest of the shows for the season. They and I'm surprised at their restraint in not putting that in the show if that's true and that happened. You know what I mean? Like if Theo really had a stroke weeks later, yeah. Zach Pagans wouldn't be sitting on that. That would be at the end of he the didn't. show where it's like, well, no, here's what, but not in the, like, I'm sure that if they were able to in the, in the schedule of production, it would have said on screen during the episode, like Theo had a stroke weeks later. Like, was it Robert the doll? I don't know. So here's what I propose. Either 
Theo had the stroke outside of production schedule. They couldn't put it in, but I don't believe that at all because you can put stuff in at the last minute with anything, I think. Or he used... Wait, what, what was the point I just said? <laughs> that, that, oh, that, did I see that Theo... Oh, Theo had the stroke out of production schedule. Or Zach Bagans exercised unusual restraint and because it was serious and it was a crew member who he loved, an old man wearing a tuxedo for no reason, that he didn't want to bring it up because it's too real and too close. Or he's lying. <laughs> yeah. Theo didn't have a stroke. That feels like Theo's a, fine. That feels like a pretty decent third option. I would like to look and see the credits of the rest of the Deadly uh, Possessions Yeah, maybe that episodes. guy's not even named Theo. Maybe he's not even old. <laughs> no, he was old. <laughs> he might be 20. No, he was old. Um, no, remember we watched Demon House? Hell and yeah. In part of the, so we did this movie documentary thing called Demon House that Kristen and I paid money to watch. Yeah, we did. And uh, we should we uh, we should have done a live stream I know. the second it ended. We had so much to say. Oh, yeah. Um, but part of that documentary, it's about a house, the most haunted house in the world. And uh, he brings in a guy who basically oh the God. second he walks in, he's like, oh, I was cold. so good. Oh, my bones. Yeah. <laughs> and he's immediately rushed to the hospital. And it turns out that his organs are turning off. Yeah. And it's like, and it, like they put the all they he's in a hospital bed and there's a camera in front of his face he's like well it's almost over right. wish i hadn't gone into the house it's like they put all that in right. there and maybe that guy was really sick i don't know so like zach baggins is willing to exploit so that's the thing that's that's or why because, yes that's the thing so i don't think that he was holding back out of respect for the family or Theo himself. I don't think they didn't have time to put that in the show. Mm. I think when he was doing the promotion cycle for the show, he was like, why don't I slip this in there? Yeah. And he had a stroke. <laughs> yeah. By the way. Right. Not only did he interrupt me <laughs> during the interview to give me some so, mail. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was mail. It was a letter. He was like, letter for you, Zach. So that means that Zach, every time he gets a letter, the, somebody immediately. brings it to him. No matter what he's doing, even if he's working and doing an interview on camera at the moment. Here's here's one more. Okay, Zach, old, here it is. Older guy in a tuxedo and a hat, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Maybe Zach Baggins has such an inflated sense of self that he has the people that work for him, you know, wait on him hand and foot. They're dressed like old butlers. <laughs> so he's got yeah, he was dressed like an old butler. Elderly yeah. man wearing a tuxedo, giving him mail one piece at a time. Maybe that's all Theo could or carry. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> He hey, did look brittle boned. Maybe there was a whole bag of mail in the hall. <laughs> and then take it one piece at a time. <laughs> oh, Theo. So anyway, that's Robert the Dull. <laughs> Good God. It's not in Zach Baggins' care now, is it? No. No, it's in the it's in the museum in Florida. Still is? Yeah. So so did you said that he was the one that pointed out that this woman, what's her name? Corey. Corey. That she is the new gene. Right, right. So he was like, well, you know, like, it seems like um, Robert, like, messed with everybody and was, like, doing mischief to them except for Gene. He and Gene had a very close relationship. He never messes with you. Like, maybe he has thing, which I actually have to say, it's, like, a cool point. Yeah. He's the thing with the caretakers. Like, Gene was his caretaker, so they were all good and they had a nice relationship. You're his caretaker, so you guys are all good and you have a nice relationship. Okay. Fair point. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because that feels like vampires or something. Like, have you ever seen the movie Let the Right One In? Yes. Uh, uh the vampire has a sort of familiar, right? Right. He's always with them. Yeah. And it's a human. Yeah. And then at a certain point, it seems like she has a new caretaker. Right. Uh, so maybe Robert the Doll is like that. He always needs somebody to be in charge of. Yeah. Um, maybe. Boy, I'd like to talk more about Zach Baggins. I 
love Zach Bagans. Bagans. Yeah. Sorry, I keep yeah. saying Bagans. No, it took me a long time to come around to the Bagans side. Yeah. I always thought it was Bagans. I know it's entertainment. Oh yeah. Right? I don't want to. I don't want to burst anyone's bubble or yeah. tell you that the thing that you enjoy is stupid mm-hmm. or lame or whatever. But it's so hard for me. Oh, yeah. To watch the stuff that he does and not just have like a million things to say about it yeah it might be the self-seriousness of it there's no playful completely element completely to it i mean i like, feel the same way it's great entertainment but it is so serious for something so over the top like right? there's no wink at all or like playfulness is yeah. he having fun um i don't know i can't tell because it almost i also feels... i'm not i you know i can't say i'm an authority on him i haven't right. seen tons of stuff of him so yeah, i yeah. i only have a little feel for him for all i know that's how he expresses fun so, <laughs> maybe his love language is scowling maybe uh all right nbc contacts us says that they want to put us on thursday nights at 8 p.m okay uh and they want to call it guide to the unknown great they want to do a guide to the unknown i would TV love that show. don't tease me um uh and then as we're filming it, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing? What's with all the jokes? Yeah. And they wheel in a smoke machine. Uh-huh. And they go like, fold your arms and look dangerously at the camera. Yeah. And like, talk about the Dybbuk box. And like, no, no, no. Don't just talk about the Dybbuk box. You got to like pop up out of your chair and look scared. Yeah. And stare at it. I can't do it. And like run out of the room. You can't do it? I don't think so. No? No, I don't think so. You would turn down millions of dollars. I think I would. If I had to act like Zach Bagans yeah. and like act like that, I would. I so don't. this is it then? Yeah. This is I can't do that. Um, By the way, that episode, I didn't watch the Dewey Box segment, but the first episode, Deadly Possessions, which is the Robert the Doll thing, it has, most of the episode is about the Dewey Box. It's like 40 minutes about the Dewey Box and then the last 20 are about Robert the Doll. So action-packed. Man, he is squeezing a lot of juice out of that Dybbuk box, huh? I know. That I know. Really for something. years. Really something. Yep. I know. There's a rabbi involved. They fast-forwarded right by them. Man, oh, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, hey. I want to go back and watch that segment. Zach Bagan. I'm surprised I hadn't heard of the Dybbuk box. I mean, I only found out about the Dybbuk box when I Googled haunted eBay items last year or whatever. Like, I'd never heard of it before. But it's been on TV a good amount. Maybe you popularized it. No, I think that the show was... No, yeah. I think it was you. <laughs> because when I was doing my research, this had already come out, I guess, and I got to... W- I watched that par- Paranormal Witness episode as research. Yeah. Okay. I'd never heard of it. I would... Uh, I want to talk more about Zach Bagans. Okay. In the future. Sure. I don't know how. I about to say, I don't think... I don't... Yeah, what are we going to do? I, I don't care. I, yeah. I want to I wanna watch... I mean, I'll reference him whenever he comes across do, in my... like, talking bad, talking dead. Yeah, but I feel like you're speak- talking mess about him and i don't want to yeah. do that i know and that's the problem but boy it would i think fun. we can privately talk about zach bagans all you want i'll do it all day but i don't want to publicly be having he's shows just a guy that, that just has a job he's just a guy with a job hell yeah and and he's good at it yeah absolutely but, i mean i don't hate him i find him ridiculous but like i really you know in, right. enjoy what yeah, he's doing and I, I wish him well it's just the yeah it doesn't seem like a bad guy if there was anything yeah. on any of these shows paranormal mm-hmm. university any one of these shows mm-hmm. where somebody's like this is fun yeah i'm, I'm having fun doing yeah. this by the way if they were like investing <laughs> That'd in be great. stuff see that would be our show and they're scanning for a ghost yeah and in the middle they just go like hey everyone everyone can you just turn off your stuff for a second i just want to say that i'm really excited to be doing this and uh, i'm really enjoying doing this with all of you yeah um we can take a light approach yeah that would go a, a long way I would to, love that. To, to me being into it. But there are some people who do that without having to say it as explicitly as that. Like some people who aren't just like, like as they're doing right. something, you can tell that they're enjoying it. True. You know what I mean? True. I did that once in a meeting at my old job. What? Uh? No, we were all working on something. I was like, 
just want to take a quick break. Yeah. I'll tell you all that this is really fun. I'm That's really nice. And then I felt like an alien. Well, it's probably because I, I mean, maybe we all do that because I do stuff like that. <laughs> I felt like an absolute, we all moved on. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm a freak. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. But well, a there nice you freak. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, man. Yeah. There it is. That's it. That was a hell of a thing. Yeah. Uh, guide to the unknown. Scary Texas ladies and Robert the doll. It's complete doll. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you all so much. Yeah. For hanging out with us. Uh, I really feel like there was a lot of information in this one. I think you're right. I feel like we, I feel like we hiked like five miles. Yeah. Yeah. We really packed it in. Really wild. Yeah. Um, uh, if anybody out there is interested in more Guide to the Unknown, go Mm -hmm. to talkbomb.com slash GTTU pod where you can get links to the show on every podcast app on YouTube. Uh, you can find links to our social media. Stuff like that. You can find links to our Patreon. Mm-hmm. Go to patreon.com slash GTTU pod yep. uh, to donate back a little bit if you're interested. Follow at GTTU pod on all social media uh, to get more from us in a kind of like this, but also to get a bunch of paranormal news. Yeah. Uh, fun stuff that Kristen shares throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Um, so absolutely do that. Yeah. W- what else? That's it. I think you said it all. You can follow us personally. I'm at Chillin' Kristen on Instagram. I'm at Haunted Sponge. Yep. Uh, so I think we're going to go now. Yeah. I feel all jumbled. I yeah. feel feel good. I feel like I'm not done. Yeah. I think I have unfinished business. Hmm. I don't know That's what to say. That's because you want to talk about Zach Bagans. I do. I just, I, I, I have a lot to say. Well, let's talk about him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> but until then, we must travel. Back to the netherworld go we. Bye. Bye.